another episode of the ready or not podcast where we talk about the things you might be ready to hear or not i'm your host ruthie chapetto and i'm naomi meyer and welcome to the silent room today we are joined by kiara hello how are you guys (laughs) (laughs) for our episode six which is food and how we see it Mm -hmm. um right to just start off in the resource bank we have an excellent tedx talk that kiara did that we thought was mind-blowing honestly genuinely <laughs> change our lives Thank so <laughs> so check that out because she has really she has a very personal experience with eating disorders and talking about it and she does it in a way that really is <clears throat> so relatable and yeah. open that it's 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 neat it needs to be watched yes yeah <laughs> oh my god thank you so much so, so right to get right into it eating disorders in general because mm-hmm. i think that we've each had different experiences with our bodies and how we see food mm-hmm. and that kind of relationship. So do you guys want to just kind of talk about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I can tell, I can talk about um, my experience. Mm-hmm. I had specifically anorexia. Um, but when we talk about eating disorders, and I mentioned this in my TED Talk, the first idea that people have is like, um, the first idea that people have about eating disorders is that it's only about bulimia and mm-hmm. anorexia. Or, like, we ha- we have this image of this really skinny girl that is almost fainting on the floor because she's not eating her food because she wants to be skinny or something like that. That was not my case. Uh, when I had anorexia, people couldn't tell by my f- um, physical appearance mm-hmm. that I had an eating disorder because usually you can't. Yeah, yeah. You never know when someone is having an eating disorder. This stereotype that we have that it's just like if a girl is super skinny, oh, she must be anorexic. Yeah, yeah. And bulimia, no one has an image of it. And I mean, that's the thing with like mental illnesses. Like you can't see them, you know, because yeah. yeah. they look like ordinary people. Mm-hmm. And exactly. what might be going on in their head is very different to what is being presented to other people. Yeah, and that idea is similar with eating disorders. Like like you mentioned, like you kind of associate a specific look with having an eating disorder, but yeah, matter is it comes in every shape and size that you think of, and it doesn't invalidate. And it looks differently for literally everyone. And it's invalidating to think that it's only a certain type of person or a certain type of look that can be you know have an eating disorder. Yeah. Yeah, I also remember once that I was watching this movie Netflix to the bone. Ooh, yeah, um, yeah, that, that also like they approach eating disorders mm-hmm. it's not the best movie in my opinion but <laughs> the thing is that in the movie there's um, an, what a person would say like overweight girl that was mm-hmm. in the house where they were treating the eating disorders mm-hmm. and one of the people that was with me watching the movie said like why is she there I mean she's not skinny mm-hmm. and in my head I was just like mm, a lot of misinformation <laughs> here <laughs> and the other thing is like it's not only about anorexia and bulimia. We have at least 12 different classified yeah. eating disorders. Yeah. And also people think that this gender bias around um, eating disorders that only affect um, women. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. in fact, most of eating disorders are, um, like the patients are mostly women. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some eating disorders that the patients are mostly men as well. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, vigorexia. That mm-hmm. vigorexia refers to these... Um, type of uh, eating disorder that leads you 
to want to gain a lot of um, muscle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ooh, I've heard about yeah. that. And for example, like... like gym bros, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like... Okay. That will be the stereotype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Figuration. And yeah. their body dysmorphia is expressed differently. Mm-hmm. Like, when they see themselves in the mirror, they think that they look um, still too thin. Yeah. And they want yeah. to gain more and more yeah. muscle. Yeah. And that's such a, like... Contrasting, contrasting idea with this stereotype that we have that all eating disorders mm-hmm. are about being skinnier and skinnier. Mm-hmm. No, you actually yeah. have an eating disorder yeah. that wants volume. Yeah. I think I saw somewhere on TikTok, like, this woman had went to the doctor and she, like, described her experience as an eating disorder, but she was not underweight. And so he said, not he said, the doctor said, um, you're, you're not like skinny enough to be anorexic mm-hmm. yeah i get it yeah that's there's a lot of discussion um within psychologists about this classification of anorexia that is named abnormal anorexia mm-hmm. um that basically is a person with all the symptoms of anorexia that is not underweight mm-hmm. in my case for example i was probably abnormal mm-hmm. um i had probably abnormal anorexia but the thing is like why are we classifying a mental disorder mm-hmm. based on a physical feature? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's a very like valid point. Saying, oh, yeah, no, you're not depressed. You, yeah. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know? it, exactly. Yeah. It's it's like, and it goes back to that kind of invalidation feeling because like, mm-hmm. I can't imagine how, you know, that person must have felt sitting in there talking about a struggle that they've been going through for mm-hmm. God knows how long. And really like, eating disorders in your relationship to food leaks into every facet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're not putting the right things in your body, you're exhausted. You know, mentally you're exhausted. You know, you Mm -hmm. get in a dark place mentally. Mm -hmm. You know, like you just don't have energy to do anything. You're not thinking clearly. And it just leaks into absolutely everything. So to just be told that, no, you're fine. Yeah. It has to be so damaging. I know. And also it's damaging in other aspects because, for example, this person was able to recognize and say like, look, I have this behavior. I really mm-hmm. think this is related to an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, some um, the patients with the eating disorders, especially restricted eating disorders as anorexia, it's difficult to recognize that you are hurting yourself, mm-hmm. that you are doing something bad to yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, then to get defensive when you say like, hey, um, do you think that the way that you are eating is normal? Yeah. And it's yeah. like you... You don't want mm-hmm. to change this because it's uh, like a comfort zone for you. Yeah. It's like a control mechanism. Yeah. 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 And this idea of like, okay, I'm not that underweight. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. Yeah. That And because I'm, when I was in my recovery, I had this moment that I was like, I'm not that underweight. Like, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. If I just mm-hmm. don't, if I just skip this meal, if I just don't eat yeah. this, it, who yeah. cares? Like, I'm not underweight. It's not that bad. Yeah. And yeah. it's also, like, invalidating the situation yeah. of from that aspect as well. Mm-hmm. Like, in yourself. Yeah, no, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I see that. I hadn't even thought of it like that as well. Like, that's such uh, relatable. Honestly, like, I remember, like, I was, I before... Most of my life, I've never been, like, skinny. I've, I've always, like... Pr- I would probably be classified overweight for a lot of my existence. And, like, the culture that I was in was very much, you know, lose weight, you know, you need to... Lose weight to be pretty, lose weight to be socially acceptable, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it would get to the point where even if I wasn't eating for the whole day and I was starving at night, I'd be like, well, you're still not underweight. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you're, whatever you're doing to your body can't be that bad because you still have, you know... You're, st- yeah. you're still not skinny. You still haven't lost those... 10 kg or whatever mm-hmm. you know that I was pushing myself to do and it just kind of keeps you yeah. in that spiral mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah 
Yeah, something else that I learned in this like journey of recovering, um, learning about the uh, the mental health issue that I was facing, um, is also like the difference between having an eating disorder and eating in a disorder way. Yeah, yes. that's something I wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah because there's um, a few differences there. Mm-hmm. Because like when you have this, like I'll talk mostly from my experience with anorexia because it's what I know the best. Yeah. Um, when you have an eating disorder, it's something taking control over you. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. like this little yeah. voice inside your head that will constantly repeat to you that you shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. Or you should do this. Like, you shouldn't eat that chocolate cake that is in the fridge, but you should go and run for one an mm-hmm. hour. Mm-hmm. Even though you probably already exercise in the morning and yeah. you haven't eaten yeah. Yeah. during yeah. the day. Yeah. And, it, like, disorder eating comes more like not not being... Like, for example, I think I I have seen this a lot here in, like, our school, mm-hmm. in this birthing school, is that we're so stressed with everything mm-hmm. that oh fuck it like who cares if we don't have breakfast mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I don't like um, lunch I'll just eat this rice with some beans mm-hmm. and it's just like creating these disorder habits around eating mm-hmm. it's that's I think that's the main difference like mm-hmm. the what is motivating these disordered habits yeah. or these behaviors towards yeah food. yeah I think, like, for my personal experience, like, I wouldn't say that I had an eating disorder, but I would say that I had disordered eating. Um, Because, like, I did associate, like, foods being as negative or positive. Yeah, the moral value of food is very tough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's just so damaging because it's, like, I, like I said, like, I probably mentioned this, I'm not sure, but food is one of my love languages, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's so... It's so sad because, like, the way I want to, like, share food or, like, have food shared with me and then I can't have that because I associated it with, like, something negative, it's really sad. And also, um, like, the way it kind of links to diet culture. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like, the way that we avoid certain foods and... Or we have this, like, in quote marks, cheat meals. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. like, wh- who are we cheating? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> why are we cheating yeah, why, here? Why, is, why can I not just have a burger? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. No, but that's, it's a good point, diet culture. And, like, because I was researching into, you know, to understand all the different aspects of ED that I didn't understand before. And, like, it came up so many times about how, like intensely diet culture plays into that mm-hmm. yeah. and like a lot of the websites that you look at it diet culture isn't even about dieting it's about valuing being thin mm-hmm. yeah, yeah exactly and it, this like moral superiority that we get to people that are just yeah, skinnier are than skinnier. Yeah. most of the population mm-hmm. it's kind of like priv- pretty privilege you know yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like just being skinny like even like being online like on tiktok is the example that i'm thinking of like i, th- I see a lot of creators because i follow a very diverse like range of people just because mm-hmm. If I like you, I'll follow you, you know. Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of the time I'll see people who I've been following who are, you know, of color or they're not skinny or, mm-hmm. you know, they don't look the way that the brand is. Yeah. And you don't see their videos on, like, the For You page, you know. Yeah. But you will see, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. you know, the classically skinny girls in bikinis doing dances. And yeah. it pushes that continued ideal of, like, being thin is in, you know. Mm-hmm. Being thin is it. Being thin mm-hmm. is, like, and it's all, when it's all you see as well. And that's all you're just taking in. And it's yeah. just... Yeah. Something that comes from diet culture that I think is super bad and destructive is this idea of, like, 
if you want to be skinny, you can do it. If yeah. you want to be fit, mm-hmm. you can do it. It's just something about willingness. It's something about discipline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it's not like that. Like, most of the time, it's not like that. Like, most of the humans being in this population of the world have not the ability to just change their body yeah. Yeah. if they want to. Yeah, because it's, like, it's down to genetics and not, like, your willpower. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, genetics, your environment. Like mm-hmm. And putting that, like, lifestyle. guilt on you, like, the blame yeah. on you. Like, yeah. if you're fat, that's your, your fault. It's because mm-hmm. you're lazy. It's because you don't want to be skinny. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't... At least in Spanish, I don't know, like, if in English this is a thing as well, we have this phrase that if you're dieting, if you're going to the um, the nutritionist to get this diet and everything, you're taking care of yourself. Hmm. We say yeah. that. Yeah. And, like, for example, when someone will re- reject at the dessert because they're dieting, they'll say, like, no, 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 I'm taking care of myself. So hmm. it's so yeah. that this idea yeah. that is so rooted in in the culture as yeah. well. Like the and people will be even. like, "Oh, great! That's so great yeah. for you! Yeah. I wish I could do that <laughs> the same." And th- as you mentioned, like this, just valuing someone that is thinner than anyone else, mm-hmm. but also um, someone that wants to and yes. is doing and something about it. it. Yeah, because yes. mm-hmm. no, I relate to that. Like our cultures are different, but like, they're similar in that way. I think because like. When I was, like, I, again, I think I agree with Noemi in the fact that I, I was never diagnosed with an eating disorder, so I don't want to say I had one, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, but I definitely relate to the disorder eating thing, because there were, like, you know, days where I would try my best not to eat, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. I'd have a sandwich at night, and I'd just beat myself up about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. like, at those times, when, if I was ever at dinner with my family, and they offered me another plate, or they offered me another serving of dessert, and I was like, oh, no, no, no. They'd be like, oh, good for you, you know? Oh, you're watching your weight. And, and I was always like... Yeah, like, you know, like, I would smile and grin, but, like, deep down, I'm like... I am killing myself (laughs) not eating anything, and you're saying that's a good thing? Yeah, and it, like, outside influence, like, and the way that, like, hearing, like, when you're losing weight because of things that you're doing, like, dangerous things like that, Mm -hmm. hearing, oh, yeah, you look so good. Yeah. Screws with your mind. It Mm -hmm. creates this positive feedback of, like, Mm -hmm. oh, people are actually realizing the changes of my body yeah. so if i went if i gained weight they would realize as well yeah so i yeah. shouldn't eat anything else i should keep going because it's working mm-hmm. and everything and it's yeah it's a vicious cycle really difficult. i mean i understand that they intend to like you know be nice you mm-hmm. know be like hey you look good but the way that it affects like for me personally i lost a lot of weight like in the span of like a few months two weeks because of my medication and after that when I went back home to Germany for the summer like everyone was saying oh you look so good now you look so grown up you've really slimmed down and that really just like I don't know how to explain it like so I didn't look good before not really it's just like the I'd say like eating disorder like there was like a little monster in my head you mm-hmm. know and like it's like yes yes tell me more you know exactly yeah, yeah. i know and I, I also like relate to what you said that whole so i didn't look good before like mm-hmm. i lost a lot of weight like like you like mm-hmm. in six months maybe and it started because i was like in a bad place mentally i was depressed and i was just not yeah. going for meals but then when i kind of came out of that my lifestyle had just changed so you know i lost some weight and it stayed off and i was just like okay you know my body looks different now yeah. but like a lot of the time, like, you know, I would hear things like, oh, you know, like, you've gained, you've gained, you've lost, sorry, you've lost so much weight and you look so good now. And, like, it can help me being, like, so at all that time before, I just yeah. wasn't, you know, I didn't look good mm-hmm. or I wasn't, like, mm-hmm. appealing. And, like, I 
when I was at home, I was running again because I just had so much energy and I hadn't ran since I was probably like in the thick of when I was trying to lose weight. I was running in the morning and the evening. Mm-hmm. And so I ran again because I was trying to, trying to like make that positive relationship again. And my dad caught me going out and he was like, I love you for exercising. And mm-hmm. I was like, hmm. Because he done you, he probably meant it in a nice way. Like, you know, yeah. I'm glad you're taking care of yourself. But it immediately in my mind was like, yeah. he loves you when you are working to get skinnier. He loves you when you are skinnier than you were before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And immediately my worth was just completely associated with how much weight I could lose or how skinny I could be. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is so damaging, especially mm-hmm. for like... Because the eating disorders develop in teenagers, like, you know, most of the time. Most of the time, yes. And like, your mind is still figuring out the world, you know? Yeah. Like, it's mm-hmm. like still 80% plastic, you know? Yeah. And having all of that internalized and spinning around it's it's just so awful like it's just mm-hmm. a really upsetting experience because you can't even form a good relationship with yourself yeah because your yeah. value isn't you it's in what you eat or what you look like or how much yeah. weight you lose or, or like, what the number on the scale is or how many yes. calories you eat a day yes. yes and what you said for example with exercise that's another key factor with eating disorders and in my experience for example uh when i was younger i was an elite athlete back home and then I decided to um, stop competing on that level. Mm-hmm. And it was so crazy because before, exercise for me was just part of my life, was yeah. an important yeah. part of my life, but it was not a tool to lose weight, you know? Yeah. It was yeah. it was something that I really enjoyed. It was something that I was into it, that I really wanted to be good at it because I liked it. Mm-hmm. And then when I quit the sport, I had like... Um, a few, maybe a year and a half with my relationship with Spurrier was unclear because it was difficult to me to mm-hmm. accept that I didn't want to compete anymore and mm-hmm. everything. It was a really huge part of my life. And then when I started developing my eating disorder when I was probably 16-ish, um, sport was all about calories suddenly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, like, what is the activity that is going to burn the most the, calories. The most calories. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It stopped being like, what is the activity that I enjoy the most? Yeah, yeah. What is the most, like, the most useful activity that I can find to become skinnier? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember, like, I used to, like, sit down and calculate how many calories I was taking in compared to how many I was, like, burning by working yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. And just, like, when you start thinking of it in terms of numbers like that, yeah. when everything just boils okay. down to, like, yeah, that calorie count, you yeah. know? Like, I, w- I wouldn't eat something unless I could look at the label and see how many calories were in a serving, yeah. you know? And, like, every time I worked out, I needed to figure out how many calories I was burning just mm-hmm. so, like, mm-hmm. I could keep it in balance and, like, keep it in negatives. And, like, I used to write it down, and if it was in a yeah. negative, I'd put a star next to it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And immediately, I just associated that kind of, that need to lose calories, you Yeah. Know? What's the best way? What's the most yeah. efficient way that I can burn calories and essentially, you know, burn off the fat? For yeah. me, at the moment, was not even an option. Not working out. Mm-hmm. Like if I didn't work out, the day was just like you fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, this is this was a lost day because you didn't work out. Yeah. And I'll, as you yeah. mentioned, like I you really resonate with that, like that lost day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you, uh, as you mentioned, like I'll beat myself up. Because mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. go for a little walk. And, and also, I was so... I'm a perfectionist. And usually, that's a trait um, that a lot of eating disorders yeah. patients share. Yeah. The perfectionism. And for me, it was like, working out was not even enough. Like, if I was... If I'm going to work out, I'm going to do it right. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. 20 minutes, that's not enough. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do it right, do one hour. 
if it's less than an hour, that's not good. Yeah. And, it, and yeah. it's just like this cycle that pushing and pushing mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. for what? Yeah, it was like forcing myself to do things that I didn't want to do, but I had to do because my brain told me to. Exactly. Yeah. That, and also, that's I think that's a key word. Like, I have to. Yeah. I yeah. need to do yeah. it. Yeah. And why suddenly, like, exercising? Obviously, exercising is good to yourself. Yeah. If it comes from a good place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it comes yeah. from a good mental state. Yeah. Because it, if it just becomes, an, I, I need to, mm-hmm. I, I must mm-hmm. do, it's not healthy anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It should be like I want to. Yeah, like yeah. I feel like going for a run. I think I'm gonna go for a run. Yeah, yeah. Instead of like that whole you need to run today, you haven't done enough, you haven't burned enough calories. Yeah, yeah. For this or that reason. Or also the I think this uh, this is a common one. Let's say it's your friend's birthday, um, and you go for dinner, and mm-hmm. obviously you have a great meal. You maybe will eat more than you usually do you have some cake mm-hmm. and the next day no breakfast mm-hmm. and yeah. let's go yeah. for running yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i used to punish myself for having like full meals yeah like, you know yeah. if i or if i like because i think what happens as well like looking at it hearing people talk about it is that cycle of binging and purging you know? mm-hmm. oh yes yeah. binging purging binging, yeah purging. So i would go like the full day not put a single thing in my Same. body aside from water and then in the at night i'm starving so I mm-hmm. eat, and then I eat more than I thought I was going to eat, and then I hate myself for eating, and so yeah. the next day I say, no no breakfast, no lunch. You and then yeah. that cycle just continues and yeah. continues. And yeah. then you just get hungry again, and you eat again, and then you're just punishing yourself for having, like, this human instinct. Yeah, like, because I know, like, an idea that really helped me um, throughout my recovery was, like, food is not only calories. Yeah. Food is gathering with your friends. Food is enjoying with your family. Food, food is fuel for your body. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's, like... Yeah, that's such a like good way of associating it with those positive things. Because it, it, it really is all that. Yeah. Like, you know, like connecting with people, like sitting down with a good... As Noemi mentioned, it's one of her yeah. ways yeah. to show love. And I yeah. can really... I resonate yeah. a lot with that as well because I love cooking for people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, in especially with eating disorders, that's also a way... To punish yourself sometimes because there's also this idea that people that had anorexia for example you hate food mm-hmm. no my dear we actually love food yeah we love yeah. food so much but we de- deprive ourselves from it mm-hmm. and it's yeah. just like i remember i'll cook something like delicious for um a friend for my boyfriend or whatever and i'll be just like have it and i won't take a bite of it yeah mm. because yeah. i can't but yeah. for you, it's allowed. Yeah. For me, it's not allowed. Yeah. And yeah, like it's that idea of love. Yeah, you're depriving mm-hmm. yourself of this de- gentle care. And mm-hmm. like we had, I think we spoke about this in an episode, but like it's so much easier to be nice to someone else yes. than it is to be nice to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And like, especially in like this, that example of like you, I, you'd make someone a big meal or, you know, you'd get them food or like, you know, or you'd start eating and be like, no, 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 just go ahead, just have the rest of it. Like, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, those are little ways to show that you care, but at the same time, little ways so that you don't really care about your body. Yeah. You know, like yeah. little ways of just saying, you know what, you don't need that. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Let this person have that because that's yeah. how you show that you care yeah. about them. Yeah. yeah. Another thing that happens a lot when you are recovering from an eating disorder is that there are like these, um, you have these up and downs. Yeah, yeah. And you think that suddenly you're going, you're doing so well, you're eating all your meals, mm-hmm. you're going on track, 
And then that voice appears again. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you, you gain a bit of weight. And it's mm. like, it wants yeah. to start again. And then suddenly, instead of three meals, let's have only two. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, the cycle starts over and again. And it's, it's really frustrating. I remember that there was a moment where I felt that it was, I was not getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. And no yeah. matter what I do, it will come again and it will just annoy me again. Yeah. And I was like enclosed in this little, like in this limbo situation that it mm-hmm. was not as bad as before, but it's not full recovery. Yeah. Yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it took me a while to get out of there. And even now, like with all the stress that I have in school or any stressful situation, it's a trigger for an mm-hmm. eating disorder because yeah. in my case at least when I for example I don't feel on top of everything I have to do in school or everything I have to do in my personal life mm-hmm. okay I can be on top of what I'm eating yeah. okay I can control the way that my body looks yeah. yeah, and it wants to start again and it's just like this self-intervention that you need to do yeah. like mm-hmm. no it's like being mindful of like your thoughts yes yeah. Yeah. it's like kind of making that choice because like, like we talked about um when we talked about mental illness how kind of getting out of that that voice that's yelling at you in your head that you're not good enough mm-hmm. you know was in largely hearing that thought and being like hold on a minute you know like you have to make that choice every time yes and it's it's a constant bottle yeah it's yeah constant because yeah. it's it's never really like you tell it to the, you know go away once and then it's like okay bye see you later yeah. Yeah. you know it sticks around and it's gonna keep you know sometimes it's a whisper sometimes it's yelling yes. you know? yeah <laughs> and it's kind of that idea that like recovery isn't linear you know obviously mm-hmm. yes. you, know, mm-hmm. you go up and down and you're trying your best and you should cut yourself some slack for that because you're going through a hard thing and you're yeah. trying to get better yeah but when you're in it and you're in the thick of it it's so easy to be hypercritical of yes. the fact that you know you're not as good as you should believe you should be mm-hmm. you know you're not healing as fast as you should be you're not getting over this in the way that you should be and like, yeah or why everyone else can eat normal and i can't yeah. what yeah. is wrong with me yeah. yeah what is wrong with me is like huge you know yeah. because like and it kind of comes into just like even when you like are in that period when you're at your worst you know it's what is wrong with me why can't i lose weight why can't i be skinny you know mm-hmm. and then it's what is wrong with me why can't mm-hmm. i get over you know why can't i have a normal relationship with food yeah you know yeah. and it's you can't win yeah you know yeah. like and it takes so long to make that choice and yeah know, and it's so hard to also to, yeah. yeah like even to this day like i will have like moments where i'll be like should i eat this should i not you know mm-hmm. i mean i'm a lo- i'm doing so much better than i did like a few years ago but it's still like in the back of my mind you know yeah and i just want it gone (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah something that you mentioned before like the reason why you lost weight for example was Mm -hmm. because you're you were struggling um with your mental health Mm -hmm. and that's uh, i remember i saw this article about a survey made to women only women um about what they were going through when someone complimented their, um, oh. that they lost weight. <gasps> mm-hmm. That's so interesting. And most of them were going through deep things. Yeah. Like, and they yeah. were struggling with a lot of things related to mental health, with, mm-hmm. like, for example, postpartum depression, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. a lot of things. And it's just, like, so crazy <coughs> how just this idea of uh, this beauty standard that being skinny is just amazing, mm-hmm. but what it comes with being skinny most yeah. of the time it's not 
because I wanted to actually. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. because we got. I also had um, a, a depressive episode once mm-hmm. where I I lost around ten kilograms, mm-hmm. not willingly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then people was like, oh. You, you you look so good yeah. again this positive feedback of just complimenting whatever yeah. is yeah. losing weight no matter why mm-hmm. it happened and even when people know that you were sick or that mm-hmm. you had a problem it's like well at least now you're skinny yeah. yeah and it's so like do you really value more me being skinny than my health yeah yeah and when you start like making that association like you know being skinny above your health Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, like, the real red zone of when you can slip into an eating disorder. Yeah. When you cross mm-hmm. that line between disordered eating and having a, an eating disorder and having yeah. it impact every area of your life. Yeah. And, like, that study, like I said, like, was, it's interesting because I I thought about it just now. And, like, throughout all of the time that I was, you know, exercising twice, three times a day, having a meal, like, a sandwich, I never lost as much weight as I did when I was, like, really, really depressed. Mm-hmm. And yet, yeah. the compliments were flooding in. Yeah. You know, yeah. Aunts, uncles, friends, my parents. Like, you know, everyone was all of a sudden so happy for the fact that I had lost weight. Mm-hmm. And I associated that weight loss with such a negative time in my life. Yeah. And I was like... I don't even know what to think yeah. or what to feel or yeah. what to do because, yeah. you know, there's all this positive reinforcement for what is, in essence, a negative thing. Yeah. yeah. Because in my case, what happened is that I lost all that weight and I look at the mirror and I was surprised. I was like, wow, Kiara, you, you know, the same. Like, not mm-hmm. even when I was in the deep um, moment of my eating disorder that mm-hmm. I had been this thin. Yeah. And it was like, well, I actually lost a lot of weight. And then when I started getting better, I started eating again normally and everything, the eating disorder came back and be like, are you sure that you want to gain that weight again? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like, again, the self-intervention of telling myself like, now you're eating normal. You are doing what you need to do for your body to be healthy. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Just just continue like that. I know it's difficult. I know this voice in your head wants to make you believe that you shouldn't. Or you should stay looking like this because you look so good. Some people told you that you look really good. But no, go for what your body needs, in fact. Mm -hmm. And also, like, another thing that is really, um, I don't know how to describe it, but usually when you have an eating disorder, people would just say, like, why you just don't eat normally? Yeah. Yeah. It's because I don't know anymore what it is to eat normally. Yeah. Because yeah. when you have an eating disorder, you have restricted a restrictive eating disorder. You have altered and restricted your body so much that you cannot even tell right now when yeah. you are hungry or where you are not. Yeah. Yes. Or yeah. when you look at your plate, you don't know what is what a moan is right or what is not. Yeah. Because you have no idea anymore, mm-hmm. and it's such a crazy yeah. um, work like personal work to do mm-hmm. to like yeah. reconnect with the signs that your body's yeah. giving to you yeah, yeah. which is uh, you know an interesting point and like a good segue because I wanted to talk about our relationship to food and mm-hmm. how that kind of changes throughout having you know issues with how your body looks or disordered eating or an eating disorder because you mentioned earlier you started associating foods with bad or good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, you know the negative or the positive like you, you I think you also mentioned in your TED talk how you saw it as the calorie number yeah so it wasn't a slice yeah. of pizza it was this many calories yeah yeah you know? and like I like personally 
I started associating all the foods that I liked and that made me feel good. Like, you With know, like calories, if I like yeah. I love a piece of cake, you know? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it was like bad. I could see the calorie number and like trying mm-hmm. to get to or a place. the sugar or yeah. the carbs yeah. or yeah. the whatever yeah. is in it. Yeah. yeah. And so trying to get to like that place where you no longer like I'm I no longer look at a piece of cake and I break down how many carbs, how long I'm gonna have to run to burn it off. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. what meal I'm gonna skip because I'm going to eat this cake. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can look at a piece of cake and say, that's cake. I'd like some cake. I'm going to have some cake. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that building that kind of healthy, like, not necessarily... Obviously, you know, put what your body needs in your body and, you know, fruit and veggies and Mm -hmm. meats and, well, proteins, technically, and carbohydrates. But also, like, just what your body needs is also just, like, what it likes. Yeah. If you, you really, really like cake... Have some cake. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, go And for that's it. another thing coming back to the diet culture theme. Mm-hmm. This idea that if I allow myself to eat what I eat, what I want to eat, I will only eat cake all the day or I will only eat sweets yeah. and carbs and I, I'll just lose control and be this yeah. fat yeah. massive, yeah. whatever. No, that's not the truth. Yeah. The reason mm-hmm. why we lose control over sweets or over whatever we love it's when we restrict ourselves. Yeah. yeah. It's when we put this... Re- the, what you mentioned, the binging cycle. Yeah. yeah. That I restrict myself. I binge. Oh, fuck. I need to restrict myself again. Yeah, because yeah, it's like... If you tell someone not to do something, they're going to do it. You know? Yes. <laughs> like, tell a kid not to, like, touch a ball. Yeah. It's going to run after that ball, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, this restrictive idea. It's giving this, like... For example, the, the cake oh, that cake is so delicious, but I shouldn't. So the moment you have the opportunity to yeah. eat that cake, you are going to eat the whole thing, mm-hmm. like the whole yeah. cake. Mm-hmm. But if you just allow yourself to eat it when you want to, you yeah. you will eat, and then maybe at the, at the half of it, you will realize, like, no, I'm actually full. Oh, yeah. I can yeah. I can leave it now here. Or maybe you want to eat the whole thing, and that's okay as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's just like... It's just that, yeah. Yeah. I think the thought of, like, people being sad about eating, like, a certain food is so sad because I can relate to that, you know? Because it's it's such a, like, it's, like, self-hatred to a point, but it's also, like, I am so worthless just because I ate this. Mm -hmm. And that feeling, I don't wish it on anyone else, Mm -hmm. you know? Not even my worst enemy. Like, it's, it's so sad. And, like, I genuinely hope that, like, with this episode, we do, like, open this these conversations yeah. and like make it more easy for people to discuss this because like you said before you can't know what is going on in someone's mm-hmm. head yeah or yeah. in their body like yeah. you know and like you kind of back to like what you were saying like you know putting that kind of pressure on food like you know and like mm-hmm. right now like as i am i'm a lot better than i was and it's so relieving to like know and like understand what you're talking about like you mm-hmm. know even if i see the whole cake and i i'm like i'm gonna have some cake i'll have a bit and i'll be like i'm full and i'm satisfied and that's okay yeah you know like when i know a time where i would have like eaten the whole thing because i'd be starving yeah. and mm-hmm. i'm in that limbo of like yeah oh, you, and the reason some. why you you will not binge over it is because you know you can have K whenever you want. Mm-hmm. Because in this restrictive cycle, it's just like, this is the opportunity that I have mm-hmm. for have this cake, this amazing cake. Mm-hmm. But when you um, have this intuitive eating, mm-hmm. this is like a concept as well, Yeah. Um, and that you eat just whatever you want to eat, whenever you want to eat, mm-hmm. like, 
it's the same. I know I can have this suite or whatever whenever I want. So I'll just have what I want now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's enough. And it's like, it's good for breaking this. But going out of an eating disorder and trying intuitive eating is hard. Because as I mentioned, like, you don't understand the signs that your body is giving to you anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you don't know where you are hungry or when you are not. Do you know? You don't know what is like a proper size of play for yeah. your body. Mm-hmm. And usually when you, like, start eating normally again, you eat more than you will normally do like so, like yeah. someone of your size normally needs mm-hmm. because your body has been depraved of energy and food mm-hmm. for so long yeah. that now it's just like getting everything that it can mm-hmm. yeah and like that's and also like a good point because like when i was uh like i want to say it was a while ago but i had read this article when i was online um about like the fact that when you starve yourself for long periods of time because your body is all of a sudden like we're not getting enough nutrients it starts to burn what you have slower yeah yeah in like an effort to preserve itself yeah and so you don't lose the weight as fast as you expect to which makes you you know think i have to kick it up a notch yeah Yeah. and then you start with the exercising and then you start with you know all these other things and then you look around and you don't know where your relationship with your body or your relationship with food Mm -hmm. came how it came to be the way that it is Mm -hmm. and it's yeah it's kind of like i think for me at the very least it was like this moment of like i kind of put my head up like my head was just above water Mm -hmm. and i was like thought about everything that was happening and everything Mm -hmm. i was doing to my body Mm -hmm. and it was just like a whoa you know like this isn't okay yeah and like Diet culture is, especially because in this generation, everything is, like, online and social media. Yes. And diet culture is 100% perpetuated by, mm-hmm. you know, social media. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen ads for, you know, the tummy slimming teas mm-hmm. and, like, yeah. weight loss lollipops or, like, you know. What I eat in a day. Yeah. What those I TikToks. Day, those videos, those TikToks, yeah. yeah. And it's so wrapped up in everything that we're just, it's constantly kind of coming at us in little pieces. Yeah, but I also think that's because we put so much value on it, you mm. know. Like, back to pretty blue privilege you know like if you're skinny you're beautiful you're successful people like you you know um and why do we value that as a society you know because i feel like if we didn't value that as a society we wouldn't need to reflect that in ourselves you know Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. or also um i think this idea of having being skinny over everything is like the best is what will make you happy Mm -hmm. and we're scared of using the word fat for example yeah to describe a person Mm -hmm. yeah when why saying tall that person is tall that's not an insult yeah that person is short that's not an insult but that person is fat oh somehow that's an insult yeah yeah Yeah. what's your language no don't say that Yeah. yeah Um, so, and we, we try to use these euphemisms to saying that someone is fat, mm-hmm. when actually the problem is not the person mm-hmm. being fat or the weight of the person, is the perception that as a society we have of being fat. Yeah. And yeah. for example, fatphobia is expressed in the medical field a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. stories of fat people that will go and say like, you know, I'm having these symptoms and I feel something really bad for my health. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, no, it's just because you're fat. Mm-hmm. Without even checking any anything of them, yeah. the yeah. first um, reason of all your problems is yeah. your fatness. Yeah. yeah, and it's terrible. It's, yeah, it's, it's really it's, it's terrible. Like I relate to that like so much because, like I said, I really only lost a lot of weight quite recently, and so 
I used to go to the doctor, or I, I used to hate going to the doctor. And, like, to this day, like, if I have to go to the doctor... I was saying to Rosa today, because I had a stomach ache, and she was like, maybe you should go to the doctor. And I was like, I hate going to doctors. Mm-hmm. Because the first thing that they did was they'd weigh me, they'd tell exactly. me I was overweight, and it would go right back to that every time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I would be in for a head cold, or because I have a blood <laughs> infection, yeah. you know? And the yeah. first thing the doctor would do when he gets across from me is, well, you need to lose weight, you know? And it just links every health thing back to, you know, you need to lose weight you need to do this and this and this and that like like it's like society you know Mm -hmm. that fat phobia that don't be fat like stay away from being fat and like i see people like online a lot of the time like fat people who are like i don't let my doctor weigh me unless it's absolutely necessary yes Mm -hmm. otherwise it becomes this whole Mm -hmm. even for people that have eating disorders so i haven't weighed myself in the last (coughs) two years i think Mm -hmm. yeah same because i don't need to like why yeah. why yeah. that the, that number in the scale will change it, nothing it's mm-hmm. it's just yeah. like it's just another thing another aspect of my life and for example the whole concept of the BMI mm-hmm. is yes. so wrong it's because so wrong. It, and so yeah wrong. because it's a random study that was made on <laughs> mostly oh white people that yeah. now suddenly we're using as a standard for yeah. everyone in the world we were we were learning that in class once. I think it was like a few years ago, mm-hmm. and for this activity we had to weigh ourselves. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. and so everyone weighed themselves. And then it was my turn. I didn't want to do it, <laughs> but then I had to because it's a class activity, and, and I just really hated looking down at that scale. Mm. It was so triggering, and it just brought me back to like where I was, mm. you know. And yeah. I had a similar experience with the BMI. Like, we were also learning about Don't know what it is with our schools, but yeah. they also made us weigh ourselves and, like, wow. do the height and then calculate their BMI. And, like you, I didn't want to do it. And it was being taught by the school nurse, like, because, like, a health class thing. Mm-hmm. And um, she put all of the values up on the board. Like, you know, oh. it's above this is overweight and this yeah. place is, yeah. yeah. And everybody had to go sit at the table, calculate their thing, and then figure out where they were. And I remember that I got overweight and, like, I... I felt like there was something tight around my throat, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, it just, it screwed... To this day, I can't say it doesn't, like, mess with me a little bit, you know? Like, yeah. that idea and that perception that was immediately pushed on me, when in reality, BMI doesn't take so much into account in your yeah. body, you yeah. know? And your like, bones, your, yeah. like, organs. And your, and your ethnicity, even like Kiara said, it was done on mostly white people. Yeah, exactly. Right now, in this room, we are all women of color. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't <laughs> apply already, yeah. you know? It already isn't accurate. But that single idea of being pushed as your health or your weight being an indicator of your health mm-hmm. yeah. is... Yeah, that's a really good point because there are so many fat people out there who live healthy lifestyles. They eat, like, quote-unquote healthy food, I'd yeah. say. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like pe- people are still shaming them even though they're li- living these healthy lifestyles, have good relationships to their bodies, you know? Yeah. Because and they're just making an assumption. That exactly, If yeah. you're fat, probably you don't exercise. Yeah. Probably you don't care about eating vegetables or whatever I consider healthy for you. Mm-hmm. So it's just this yeah. assumption that comes yeah. And I think, like, kind of connecting that idea of, like, people who are healthy and fat, like, you know, having both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, especially before I could, like, positively think of myself as fat like you know it took me a while to like be able to say yeah i'm fat like it's okay and like a large part of it was specifically lizzo and just how unapologetically (laughs) her she is you know Mm -hmm. and it was like seeing this person who was fat 
living a perfectly fine lifestyle, perfectly healthy, perfectly content in their body, Mm -hmm. seeing that kind of, like, representation Mm -hmm. and seeing that being portrayed... I think that's so important. That's genuinely so important. Because, like, I remember, like, my first, like, negative thought that I had about my body was probably somehow influenced off of social media, you know? And because of the lack of representation. And I know it's changing now, and that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. But we still need more, you know? Yeah. In my case, like, I've never been fat in my life. But the what was causing issues with my body image for me was that I was an athlete. Yeah. So when I was 14, 15, I had muscles in my body mm-hmm. that my other classmates didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was oh, like, yeah. oh, do I look like a man? Do mm-hmm. I, I'm not feminine enough or my mm-hmm. body, I'm too bilky yeah, uh, yeah. for a woman, yeah. for a girl, yeah. for a this. Yeah. And that was such a, like, an issue for me. And for me, the, that the representation that I was looking for was women in sport. Yeah. Women in sport yes. that were about talking about how they perceive their bodies. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. From, wise, from one side, your body is this machine that mm-hmm. just drains and do all of this. But then you have the other side of society saying that your body's too big. Yeah. yeah. Your body's too masculine. So how how to find the balance there? Yeah, yeah I think, you know, the problem is that we're not letting people just exist. You know? <laughs> we're not letting them exist in their authentic forms. And that societal pressure is the problem, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, what you said about, like, female athletes, it made me remember around the time of the Olympics, like, during, like, when the Olympics happened during COVID, um, there was a specific... Uh, I think she was a rugby. She is a rugby player, and her name is Ilona or Lona. Um, but she was constantly posting on TikTok because she was, you know, she was an athlete at the Olympics, and it was COVID. You know, she couldn't mm-hmm. do all the things that she usually does. Mm-hmm. But she was always posting on TikTok, and she got very real about how people were always on her for looking too masculine, or mm-hmm. yeah. you know, she mm-hmm. felt like she couldn't be in yeah. relationships because you know she was too masculine or too. Yes. Yeah. And like for me, you know, how was that? Was I remember that um, my first boyfriend. He was um, skinny, really mm-hmm. skinny. And I felt really self-conscious about my body because, of, oh, he's so skinny. Mm-hmm. And I'm so yes. big. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that's such a common thing yeah. in yeah. relationships. Like the thought for me was that um, I would want to be picked up as oh. a girlfriend, you know. And at my current weight, I couldn't be picked up, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I was like... Mind you, I was like 12. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> insane. What 12-year-old, you know? Yeah. He's genuinely concerned about their ability. <laughs> I know. I know. That's so ridiculous. Anyway. No, but it's it's really like, I relate to what you said because I've been like, quote unquote, seeing, you know, guys who are a lot skinnier than me, a lot smaller than me. And it's such a big thing, especially in society, that the girl has to be the small one. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. The girl yeah. has to be the little dainty one. And so when I wasn't in those, you know, the type of relationship, yeah. I was like... You know, should I be? I was so insecure, you know. Yeah. yeah. I should lose the weight, you know. I should be smaller just because that's what I felt like I had to be. And mind you, I wasn't even dating these people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know why I was like, yeah, lose the weight. Yeah. It's going to make yeah. more sense. Yeah. You know? More sense for who as well. Yeah, yeah because even even now, my, my current boyfriend, he is like um, smaller than me. He's thinner than me. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning, it was a challenge for me. But now it's like... And then having these conversations... And he, for him as a man, was also difficult mm-hmm. being like yeah. a thing because for them sometimes it's totally the opposite. At least in my culture, it's like yeah. we want muscles, we yeah. want to be like this bulky man and everything. And it's 
this like divergence there. The, mm-hmm. It's 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 really interesting to have this conversation with um, males as well because mm-hmm. they also experience a lot of yeah. pressure yeah. on how their bodies should look like. Yeah. And in terms of relationships, <clears throat> having an eating disorder or being in the process of recover from an eating disorder mm-hmm. when while you're in a relationship is challenging mm-hmm. because like for example um you want to have this date on your anniversary at this um pizza place yeah, yeah. Oh. challenging yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it requires mental preparation yeah. to go mm-hmm. there. or even when we talk about sex mm-hmm. yeah having sex with the lights on Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, letting your couple see your body mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that you yeah. constantly hate on but uh, this person apparently likes it mm-hmm. so it's this uh, there's a lot of contrast like clashing ideas mm-hmm. throughout the process and it's, it's, it's really interesting and also for the other person to understand like yeah. to, to understand yeah. what is going on to to kind of figure out how to help you because sometimes it's actually really difficult to communicate everything that is happening in your head um towards food Mm -hmm. and like just saying because sometimes you feel like it's so silly Mm -hmm. it's just food care come on just just do it and just saying it like you know i'm actually scared of that slice of pizza Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and like you said like understanding when you're in a relationship with a person like as a person who cares about you you know they're gonna want to understand you know like they're gonna want to get it and it's so scary for so many different reasons to kind of mm-hmm. talk about it and mm-hmm. like you know you mentioned that whole feeling silly you know feeling mm-hmm. like because a lot of the time when you say it out loud like you're like huh, well now i sound dumb like mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah. it doesn't seem as like scary and terrifying as it does in your head and you seem like you start putting yourself down or invalidating your own feelings when mm-hmm. a lot of the time like it's a person who cares about you who truly just wants to understand what's going on and like in part, that's kind of why it's so important to have conversations like this when we can sit around and openly talk about it. Cause yeah, yeah. It helps other people have the tools to, you know, start these conversations you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. be, be more aware and more informed about these conversations yeah. when they come up. Because, like... Even know, being know. more empathetic towards, like, people who struggle. Because, like, as we mentioned before, you don't know who struggles. Mm-hmm. And if you don't... I feel like if you hadn't been through a similar experience you wouldn't understand 100 percent. yeah you know even if you really try to i think that's probably most um, mental health issues even if you try to understand and to empathize with the situation if you never experienced it it, probably you will never do to the 100 percent. yeah yeah and it's fine like it's not your fault yeah it's not it's not that we want you to go through it so you can understand (laughs) it's just like it's just a reality Mm -hmm. and it's it's, it's something but that's why as you mentioned it's important to have these conversations to give that insight to it so maybe you can today you can understand a bit more Mm -hmm. about it and on that note of being more empathetic about the situation something that I would advise um, people just don't comment yeah. on someone yeah. else's body yeah. no matter if it comes from a good place that you just want to say like you genuinely think that they look better because they are skinnier now mm-hmm. you don't know what, why that person is skinnier now yeah, yeah. you don't know what the, don't, don't comment as well in what they're eating mm-hmm. yeah. don't assume yeah. makes an ass out of you and me exactly <laughs> no but there's also like this like 
I think it was like an online forum that I read it, and it was like, if it can't be fixed in five minutes, don't mention it. Yeah, don't mention it. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, like if, yeah. if there's something in your teeth, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, there's mm-hmm. a little, mm-hmm. yeah, and you put it out, that's fine. Yeah. But if I'm like, oh yeah, wow, you've lost so much weight, you look so good. Or like, like wow, you have those stretch marks. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why? How am I gonna change that? How is your comment supposed to help me better yeah. myself? You know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then also, like, you don't know what their relationship is with what you're commenting on. Because, yes. like, yeah, maybe you mentioned it and they're completely fine and they just, like, brush it off. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're in a place where they are really vulnerable and mm-hmm. that comment is just another thing. Another trigger, hurting. yeah. Exactly. It's, yeah. like, another trigger. And so it's so important to kind of, like, be mindful of what you're saying and how you're saying it. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, which kind of brings up something I really did want to talk about because I feel like it's a good tool. It's how to broach that topic about someone that maybe you're concerned about, you know, mm-hmm, someone mm-hmm. who you're seeing these traits in. Like, how do you express concern in a way that isn't kind of shoving these ideas down their throat? Mm-hmm, you know? Yeah. And because that in itself, you know, it's damaging, you know, they'll get defensive and, you know, mm-hmm. if they are struggling, they might just not want to talk about it. Mm-hmm, yes. And, like, it's hard to watch. Like, you know, like as somebody who cares about somebody and not even just in a romantic relationship, you know, a sibling, you know, yeah. family member. Yeah. A friend. A friend, yeah. Like, or even not a friend yeah. even maybe just a classmate that you realize yeah. that is going through something yeah, yeah. You know, like what, what do you do <laughs> you know because mm-hmm. I've, I've thought about it like you know and you know it's is it my place to say if i don't say you know am i a bad person like yeah how is the best way to deal with this like, yeah and then you don't yeah. want to be the person who like asks other people because you don't i don't like at least for me i'm like if i start asking other people it's going to become a discussion point and that's not fair for anybody yeah yeah yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So there's always this kind of, like, idea about how best to broach it. So, like, what are your thoughts on that kind of situation? It's it's hard. Yeah. Because, kind of like, tricky. I remember that once here in school, mm-hmm. someone asked me if there are um, scales on the bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Because this person is used to weigh themselves um, every day, at least twice. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was like red flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some flashbacks there. Yeah, yeah. And um, slowly, like pole pole, say <laughs> I started asking questions like, "Hey, are you feeling okay with yeah. food?" You know, mm-hmm. like, and I, I was open. I was like, you know, um, I'm just asking you because I struggle with my relationship with food. Mm-hmm. I had an eating disorder, and if you feel like you need to talk about it, we can. Yeah. But maybe you think you're okay, and there's yeah. nothing. Because that's definitely a sign, like a yeah. huge um, sign for either like disordered eating or eating disorders. Like it's definitely showing a problem with um, the way you perceive your body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you cannot force the person into yeah. the conversation. Yeah. And it's really difficult also to say like, you know, this is bad. This yeah. is mm-hmm. bad for yourself. Mm-hmm. Because maybe it's something that the person has been doing forever yeah and it's just like you're suddenly breaking it down and say like it's bad yeah so it's 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 really hard and with eating disorders especially people like patients tend to be defensive about it yeah Mm -hmm. because it's like it's this comfort zone that you Mm -hmm. have sometimes it's even like this little secret that you have these little things that you eat when no one is seeing you Mm -hmm. these little Mm -hmm. things that you do when no one is looking at you Mm -hmm. and that suddenly someone is coming and pointed it out saying like you know that's not good for yourself yeah Yeah. it's just like it's like oh i've been caught Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 
and like i think that as well like in the way that you just described you know it was so gentle Mm-hmm. And that's such an important mm-hmm. part. Cause, yeah. And that's with any mental illness, because they're probably feeling really fragile. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're probably feeling paper thin, like they just can't stand on their own. Like they just, mm-hmm. you know. And so that, like, the gentleness of just being like, are you all right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. how's your relationship with food? And, like, you know, if you want to talk about it, you know, you can. If you don't want to talk about it, that's okay too. You know, if you think you're fine. Yeah. You know? And they, at the end of the day, you know, body autonomy, they can do as they like. But I think just letting them know that they can have that conversation with you. Yeah. And it's okay to yeah. talk about it. And reaching out in that kind of sense. And not like... A, also I'm providing that you. safe space yeah. to, like, talk. Yeah. Yes. Because, like, a lot of times, like, I wanted to talk about it, but I didn't know how to or with who, you know? Yeah. And I feel like if someone... Like, one of my friends had come up to me and been like, hey, are you okay? What's going on? Mm-hmm. I would have, like, opened up. But, yeah. again, yeah. Yeah, and maybe also is sometimes I think especially with food, because as we mentioned, um, apart from eating disorders, we have this diet culture that mm-hmm. is so rooted in our society yeah. that sometimes people don't even people don't even realize yeah. how hurtful is that comment that you're making yeah. at yeah. Christmas table yeah. or like mm-hmm. just that little. <laughs> Um, coming from your own saying like oh you gonna you really gonna eat all of that yeah yeah. <laughs> and it's just it's like, like oh you're hungry today yeah. like, yes. I am indeed thank you <laughs> I haven't had a me- meal all day but thank you <laughs> I had an aunt who used to see me and like as a joke as a greeting blow up her cheeks and do like a fake fat walk over to greet me every time and she thought it was hilarious yeah (laughs) but i was like Mm -hmm. oh that's how people see me you know and like it's also like embarrassing you know like that was a joke to her she laughed other people laughed and i was like i think it's that awareness that people don't have you know yeah like how not insensitive but how triggering certain words or like phrases could be you know and i think i'm genuinely hope that this does help like yeah. our podcast yes. yeah Definitely. give tools and build <laughs> we should probably wind up almost hitting an hour <laughs> it was this was great um, yeah. like I was telling Ruthie in uh, one of our little breaks I'm feeling really relaxed right now yeah. like it was such a nice conversation yeah. and yeah we talk about a lot of things that I love talk more with people yes. in normal mm-hmm. settings just mm-hmm. being like okay what about diet culture what is yeah. this yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and that's like why we like you asked us why we made a podcast but like for reasons like that we yeah. were the people who would love to sit down at a table and be like diet culture thoughts yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and so like having more people have these conversations is so positive yeah it's like yeah. i can fully say that i'm gonna walk out of this room knowing and understanding so much more about you know, what it's like to have an eating disorder and mm-hmm. disordered eating and, you know, all these different thoughts. And I'm going to leave here more informed. Yeah. You know? And yeah. when I talk to other people, it's going to rub off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it makes me really happy that yeah. it's yeah, going to... Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, of course. Oh, we really have... Good. Okay, we didn't tell you about this earlier. That's completely my fault. We have an ending line. Okay. <laughs> okay. And it is... Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me pull it up so you can... Okay. That's it right there. I'm going to like to say it together. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. okay. Can, can I, yes, can I say it? Can. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay. Be, be kind, think, think wisely, and, and always be willing, willing to, to listen. listen. Thank you. Bye, we love you. <laughs> you know, it just tastes good and I'm enjoying it. You know, I love to think about, like, now, 
whenever I'll have like masala chips or like a pizza, mm-hmm. I'll be like, haha, fuck you. <laughs> 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 like my paso. Yeah. Like there's a little voice in your head, you know? Yeah.